but also I guess on the other end uh, a relate on a related matter also do so with uh, uh, as limited an impact on your economy now it's a, it's a very difficult trade-off because all of the things that you need to uh, flatten the curve are the things that certainly get an economy out of commission uh, is this enough uh, have we done enough here on the clinical or medical side uh, to uh, really try and uh, flatten that curve as a matter of urgency <laughs> I think only time will tell I think the the, the evidence in this is you know I've been following the wires around this and, and I think there are a number of differing views um, but I can understand that there's a lot of unknowns. And there's a lot of known unknowns, and there's unknown unknowns. Mm. So I think in, in the absence of, of any clear guidance, I think sometimes you have to earn the side of caution. Mm. Right? But I think it, it's, it's quite a comprehensive set of measures. Um, I think it, it's, it's, it's not quite clear to what extent uh, we've got a consolidated health response. And I think there's a lot of things that we still need to know. Hmm. You know, particularly, you know, um, I think we uh, need a little bit more specificity. I think a national lockdown makes sense with Easter weekend and, and, and that kind of thing yes. coming up. And we could be transporting the virus to places where it otherwise wouldn't have gone, like our rural areas. Uh, so when you say specificity, uh, Russell, I mean, what, what do you mean? Wh- which of the details uh, look, did, you felt were m- did you feel were missing from what the president uh, uh, announced look, earlier? Well, I think we've heard a, a lot of conversations around our ability to test, you know, to what extent uh, and, and what measures are in place to ensure that the private sector and the public sector work is one, what measures are in place to ensure that we prioritize those most in need of a test rather than just the worried well. Sure. Um, we need measures. I mean, this is obviously going to be something that's going to spread through big cities quickly. You know, do we have contingency plans for cities like Johannesburg? KZN, particularly, because there's quite quite a lot of fluidity between Gauteng and the surrounding provinces, like the Northwest, mm. and Popo and Pumalanga. Same thing in KZN, you know, that's where patient X was. Yep. And, you know, there's quite a lot of fluidity and movement between the various towns and the big big cities, you know. So in some ways, it would have been great if we had, like, metro-specific plans mm. and how we could work together. Yeah. The second thing is this whole private sector, public sector um collaboration, how we're going to work together, because we need all our resources. I think now more than ever, we need a unified or universal um, health system. It's not clear to what extent or what agreements are in place between the private and the public sector to ensure that, you know, we don't necessarily bolster the the, the returns for Mediclinic and Netcare and the others. Mm. And that things are actually done in the, in the national interest. But, you know, this is going to be a really, really difficult thing for us yeah, to navigate. Yeah, let's pause. And a lot of people are yeah, let's pause. I, I yeah. let's pause there for a second, yeah. Russell, because, uh, you know, I think if, if we consider, you know, the how drastic a measure now has been taken. And uh, I was watching the news uh, over the last day or so and seeing some uh, stockouts uh, in and uh, a public health system under immense strain in the United States. And uh, if you think about uh, 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 that kind of infection rate that you've seen there. And uh, the epicenter of that being New York at this point in time. We certainly don't want the same here in the Gauteng City region. But let me bring in Ongabam Timka. Uh, Chambas, yeah, I mean, uh, I was chatting to you uh, uh, just prior to us going on air. And I was saying, uh, you know, whatever it is uh, that's announced today, 
uh, will uh, certainly, I guess, um, you know, uh, be of interest. But uh, you, you've made some interesting remarks, uh, certainly over the last uh, while, uh, suggesting that in a nation as disagreeable uh, as South Africa is between different people of, uh, you know, different races, ideology and the like, uh, you're certainly uh, impressed by how everybody has really put their shoulders to the wheel and responded uh, to the national effort as spearheaded and led by the government. Yeah, uh, I, it's a very interesting uh, situation that we find ourselves in. We have a, a population that's prone, or, or different stakeholders who are prone to so disagree with the state, that they would even go to the courts to settle disputes uh, with it uh, when they feel that the state is taking action which is not justified or arbitrary in a democracy. But you find yourself in a situation now where there's been a general positive response to the measures announced thus far mm. up until today uh, to the president, which suggests to me that uh, in a crisis, perhaps we have some consensus around our perception of the risk that this is posing to the country. And also uh, we have a degree of trust that... Uh, while these may be perceived to be actions which lend themselves more close to a dictatorship or an authoritarian regime than than a democracy, that uh, there's trust that it is actions which are taken in good faith. And I think the fact that the international in the international community, other countries have had to go down this path in order for them to achieve some of the successes, uh, it shows that in fact this is part of what may be acceptable under the circumstances. But mm. today's uh, measures are very interesting because uh, for me it's nothing short of it's nothing short of a state of emergency. Um, and, and, and it's quite interesting that what we are seeing now is a bold and courageous president who's willing to charter uh, risky grey waters um, where there may be some clarities required from a legal and constitutional perspective in terms of how far you can push executive authority. Mm. But we've seen throughout democracies around the world uh, when I'm proceeding that in times like this, this is when everything rises and falls on leadership. And presidents are allowed in crime. I was just looking for legislation in South Africa. I can't find it immediately, especially in the Constitution. But generally are allowed, especially in presidential systems, where executive authority goes beyond the limits and the confines mm. uh, of, 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 of uh, uh, business as usual or normal situations. But this is going to be, uh, there's a food for debate going forward around, you know, this exercise of executive authority. Mm. It's interesting the president stayed clear of uh, words like state of emergency, but by virtue of the fact that some of the rights, for example, to freedom of movement are being, uh, 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 you know, weighed, if you like, it, it seems to be relying on, on sections in the Constitution mm. that talk about how certain rights, can, the derogation of rights, uh, in, 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 during the state yeah. Just a quick one, uh, you know, uh, Ongama, because I guess, you know, many people, including those in the marketplace, and I would think even the ratings agencies themselves, have been waiting for this 
coordinated uh, and I guess you know national package of interventions uh, mm. that uh, would be announced by the executive that combine efforts from both the public sector and uh, the private sector. I'm interested, uh, of course, after in your view on uh, after the president announced that this shutdown was going to happen. Do you get a sense that uh, some of the interventions that he spoke to, the Solidarity Fund, the UIF, uh, and uh, even uh, on the tax side of things, some of the things around the Youth Employment Tax Incentive, and even the uh, resources at the D- Department of Tourism, is that, you know, uh, I guess the kind of coordinated package of actions and interventions, rather than disparate messages sitting in different departments, that everybody was looking for? Is this now the grand blueprint of how we respond to COVID-19? And Russell, I also want to hear your perspectives on the same. It's a step in the right direction for me. And in fact, it shows that perhaps what was missing in, 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 our, in, 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 put, in catapulting us to this level was a sense of urgency. Mm. And so now that you have a virus that's going to further crystallize what were otherwise a distressed economic and social situation, it has then uh, justified these actions that are being taken. But also, you know, very interesting with the point earlier about the, the propensity to disagree. Now that we're in an emergency, you can find that the president has got more latitude uh, and the response, the responsiveness of the private sector has a great sense of urgency compared to only when there's, uh, 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 that the extent of the crisis is being debated. Now that what so what Corona has done is it has actually uh, uh, augmented what otherwise was in fact an everyday reality of certain economic sectors and and and, and society in general mm. in South Africa. Russell, I think it's completely inadequate. Eh? Mm. Completely inadequate. I think he's abdicated the responsibility for a social response for the very people that he's seeking to protect. Mm. The solidarity fund with 150 million. You know, um, employment side, I mean, we have high unemployment and we have low fee, uh, 500 uh, tax rebate for income earners under 6,000 rand, but almost nothing for unemployed people. Mm. And even those you in know, the informal we, sector. I mean, I, I'm sitting here asking myself, if you're between the ages of 80 and 59, able-bodied, unemployed, there's really yeah, nothing here know, for you. There's nothing for you. And, and you know, the weird and the, the, the irony of it all is that the people that are most at risk People living with HIV, with mm. TB, and other conditions, there's almost no support. You know, we, we, we had the closing of schools to date. We still haven't had a response from the Department of Basic Education or Social Development in terms of how we're going to ensure that those kids that rely on their daily meal still get the meal. You know, we, we don't have, you know, health and nutrition is directly linked. Mm. You know, so if people are not getting sufficient food and we're not making any measures in place to extend food aid to everybody, we're actually in some ways placing people more at risk. So I'm deeply disappointed in the president's countermeasures, particularly around the support of vulnerable yeah. and indigenous communities. Add to that, you know, a 21-day lockdown globally. I mean, they asked a New Year cop around what is his biggest fears around a lockdown, and he said domestic violence. Mm. You know, what are we going to do? And we know we already have a scourge of domestic violence in our country. I don't necessarily feel that I'm... It's within my positionality to speak to it, but I felt that the president's measures were completely mm, inadequate. Mm. And I think in part, this probably speaks to, to the, the composition of, 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 of the National Command Center. You know, there's no civil society representation in that, and it shows. You know, most of the measures were around protecting business, and thank you for the generosity of the Rupert's and Oppenheimers. Mm. 
But in reality, that just kind of exacerbates the whole point of income inequality in this country. Surely we could have had some mortgage holidays, given that our financial sector is so strong and liquidity is so high. Mm. You know, there's, there's so many different things, and I'm, I think this is going to be a really tough deal to, to, yeah, to sell in the social yeah, sector. Yeah. It's Russell? very pro-business, very pro-market, but not pro-people, sure, in my sure. opinion. Russell, here, here's the other dimension, and uh, I touched on it briefly, I guess, uh, in prefacing oh. the question I was posing to uh, Ongama, which is we've already seen in places like the U.S. I mean, uh, the, New York has become the epicenter of the coronavirus globally. But uh, I remember that earlier on today watching medical and uh, you know, health workers in the U.S. suggesting that, uh, you know, many of the hospitals there uh, and even primary health care facilities stretched to the brim. Um, and, and I'm sitting here asking myself, I mean, in a country where we've seen in places like the Free State stockouts uh, periodically from time to time, are we in a position, certainly in many of the rural health facilities that you work alongside, are we in a position uh, to really shoulder the burden of infections uh, once they reach uh, many of those areas? And uh, do we have the capability here uh, to not only just on the quarantining side of things, but even some of the preventative and even the post-treatment kind of work that ought to and needs to happen? The, the honest answer is I don't know. You know, today I spoke to colleagues from the Rural Doctors Association and we're sort of initiating a survey out there to ask around the level of preparedness. I think the biggest um, worry for me at this stage is that we have initiatives coming out from ABCs to say that, listen, double, you know, go and collect double your 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 your, your, your chronic medication. Mm. But when you get to facilities, a lot of the medication is out of stock. You know, so I think um, in, in many parts, this hasn't been a fully consultative response. Mm-hmm. You know, we when I speak, the, obviously the, the, the president has been consulting experts and this, that, and the other, but when you speak to the rank and file, I don't think that we have a level of preparedness yeah, or that really. everybody's been let into the plan. And, you know, and like I said, I think there are some experts globally who are talking about home-based care, mm. who are talking about the fact that could we be, we, we, that, that our understanding of the level of, or the prevalence within our communities is not clear. Yes, yes. You know, and with lockdowns like this, we could be locking in the virus. Exactly. And we probably and we haven't could, done as good a job uh, to uh, invest in our community health workers as that front line into many of our homes and into many of our streets and communities. No, absolutely, absolutely not. You know, and I think maybe now we have an opportunity yeah. to, to do just that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. to ensure that we deploy our first responders sure. and train community health workers and give them the adequate protection and remuneration to go out and really support our communities in understanding what this thing is. Sure, sure. You know, I think we haven't had much messaging yeah. on what Corona is. We've told everybody, wash your hands. But we haven't taken communities yeah. into our confidence and explained to Definitely. them, actually, this is what happens. Definitely. This is kind of the things that are likely. These are the people sure, that are most sure. at risk. You know, when we just look at flu, you know, yeah. um, flu is, one, is, is a huge problem for people living with, a, um, mm. with HIV, even when on treatment. Sure, sure. Let's, you know, pause, there, I think let, we, let's pause there for a second, uh, Russell, because I think we're going to come back to some of the uh, critical risk factors here that might make uh, you know, this particular virus even worse or even a mutation of it, uh, certainly from what we've heard from many epidemiologists, if you think about our TB and even HIV AIDS disease burden. But uh, taking a look at uh, some of your t- tweets there quickly, uh, Dusky uh, Tactics saying, uh, to save myself from anxiety and cabin fever, I'm not shopping now, but will use my shopping days as a means to go out now and then. I work in retail, so I'm not sure how it's going to work with my salary. Government will find homeless people a place to stay, but the majority of these people 
on Nyaope and heroin addicts, which means they will need detoxing. I don't think the presidency has considered this part. Quitting Nyaope is tough, and uh, hence most just don't stop. The solution is to provide methadone. Now, I'm not sure what methadone is, but I'll certainly get uh, two of my guests to comment on that. Let's take one of our callers all the way out in Alberton. Uh, Ngama and Russell, if you can just hold the line there for me for a second. Nati, good evening to you how and welcome. It, how is this good? <laughs> And the U president Lenda Enzileo, it is Punagala as a country. It is Tinga Kutuami. Let's look on the positive side. Uguti Lendo, Ainga, and the even to those people who be unable to Uguti Batolo, to Mtolanti Loye, to Yayazi, Aiko, right? But with the measures that the president I beg you, so Guti Basan, Uguti Sumeti, the Nati, Umunga Zuguti, we are until that 21 days in rule, maybe after that 21 days, there's no new cases that has been mm. reported and no fatality to that 402 sure. for those people who are currently in the hospital. Let's hope after this 21 days, if Tinawasali we can just the challenge in over to Jan. Thank you very much for that. Nati speaking to us all the way from uh, Alberton saying he certainly commends the president and all of us have to uh, certainly join the national effort and assist uh, the president in enforcing some of this. So if you indeed you see somebody loitering about uh, in the streets, you certainly want to enforce this. And uh, for many of the, uh, I guess, uh, generation that's uh, relatively older than I am, uh, this would uh, certainly hearken them back uh, to the uh, heady days of the 80s, states of emergencies, national stayaways, consumer boycotts, and of course all of the systems of uh, enforcing compliance uh, that came with that. I think that's that's probably your generation, Russell. Yeah, indeed it is. But what do you make, Russell, of uh, some of the comments here that uh, Disky Tactics is raising? I mean, he's saying on the one hand he's a retail worker, but also uh, certainly has a lot of empathy for many homeless people who have uh, very difficult challenges with uh, substance abuse and uh, uh, all of the afflictions and ailments that come with that. What's your view on that? And uh, Ongama, I'd like to hear your perspectives as well. Well, look, I think it's one of the... I, mean, I think addiction is a public health threat. Currently, we don't really deal with, it, deal with it as a public health issue. Mm. So our health system is not equipped to deal with detoxing. Methadone replacement therapy is like a treatment for heroin, which now contains, and yes. it's highly addictive, and, it, and it's successful. You know, But yeah, I think there's a lot of unintended consequences. I think my whole point is that we need a much broader national command team. Mm. We, we need to, to get some of these perspectives into the room. Because I think at the moment we, we, we're relying on people that are very removed from the lived reality of South African communities. I think on the one side, people may feel that this in some way mitigates these fears, that we can spread the virus. But I think we need more complete information. We need decisions that actually consider the livelihoods of people. I mean, even if you look at the economic measures that the president announced, many of them require significant administration. Yeah issues, you know, you've got to apply for this, that, and the other, and given the current capacity of the state, I'm, I'm really worried. I mean, who's going to be reading that application? You know, I mean, yeah, sending all I, of these requests, say, to the Department of Small Business Development. You must apply to the UIF. Who's the administrator sitting on the other side the, at the UIF to come and, uh, you know, it, yeah, process and you know, analyze these so, things? So there's a ton of things that, for me, on the one side, we've got this huge measure coming on Thursday, mm. but we haven't got clarity on the systems that will support it, and, and, and you know, I've been hopping on Left, right, and center on the weakness 
of state capacity at yeah, the moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot more questions and I and I hope that tomorrow's Durko meeting that the ministers can provide some details, sure, but I sure. doubt it. Okay. You know, I, th- I think we really need a, a deeper conversation yeah. as civil society and as the civic sector in general. Yeah. To try and understand or develop a plan that everybody can get behind. Definitely. It might, be, it might be 21 days now, Russell, but uh, certainly no. not the last time we're going to have uh, uh, a measure as intrusive as is this one to try Sadly, and contain the, this know, issue. Yeah. The 21 days seems very arbitrary. Mm. It seems very arbitrary. There's no guidance or evidence to say what will happen during these yeah, 21 days. Yeah, How will we report yeah. our, our progress over these 21 days? Let me, let me bring what in Ongama happens? quickly here, uh, Russell, because, uh, I mean, Ongama, just uh, on many of the issues that have been raised here, you would have seen the panic buying that uh, we saw over the last day or so. And uh, one gets a sense that, you know, that was just after a national state of disaster. Uh, 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 was, um, you know, a national state of rescue, I should rather say, was uh, uh, announced. And uh, you now add to that uh, this kind of lockdown here, which, as you said, is akin to a state of emergency. Uh, Notwithstanding all of the assurances from many retailers that their supply chains are robust and resilient, uh, it's certainly going to get many people into the stores and uh, create an untenable situation. Ongama. Ah, we seem to have lost... Yes, 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 there you are. Sure. So I was saying it, it certainly may cause that panic. Mm. I think it, 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 people are already anxious and fearful. So when that announcement was made, may, people may have read that, for example, you can no longer make the trip to the shop to go mm. and buy food, even though the president clarified that point that, in fact, you can, even within the period of the 21 days. But uh, as, as you know, with messages, there are a lot of noises some of the people's own anxieties, uh, people who receive messages create them as much as they, they receive. So, so, so I think there's going to be a greater burden for communication that is clear on the part of government as well as yourselves as the media just to, have, to ensure that uh, you know, those messages flow correctly to people. Um, as far as uh, some, even some of the chipping in on the earlier debates, so, so for me, uh, if I narrow down uh, the, the, the proposed response mm. directly to the likelihood that the virus will spread, I think that the, that the bold steps have been taken in the right direction. Uh, it has been shown, for example, in addition to minimizing contact, in places like South Korea, they're being able to do faster tests uh, also gets to be uh, and, and more tests, many tests at the same time faster, also helps in the process of reducing uh, uh, or helping ensure that effective responses are made where positive uh, cases have been mm. identified. So the, the technology part for me is what was lacking. So you, you raised it in a very interesting discussion around the extent to which this could have been used to leverage other known mm-hmm. uh, 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 social economic crises yes. we face as a country. So to the extent that what is an outcome of this policy process reflects who's around the table, I, I would agree with Russell there uh, with respect to the fact that it's an outcome that reflects what modeling has been done at an economic level uh, which has justified uh, the, the amounts which are, are, are being pumped into the economy, but by no means reflect the social need. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying as a person who's got interest in the use of executive authority, 
perhaps uh, there, there wasn't a desire based on what's around the table mm. to push the leveraging of this particular crisis to achieve yeah. uh, even uh, wider, wider, wider crisis. So, so there is basis, by the way, for the 21 days. Mm. It comes What's the basis? From, What's the basis for the 21 days? It, it comes from it's it's the period beyond which you cannot declare a state a state a a a a a, 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 a state of emergency. So it's, I don't think it's a magic number. It's the maximum number of days a state of emergency would be declared. That's mm-hmm. why I was saying earlier on that in fact we are in a de facto state of emergency. Mm, mm, mm. Going to take a look at some of the tweets that have come through, and uh, I'd like uh, Russell and Ongama to hold the line for me uh, while uh, we try and take a look at some of those tweets. And uh, the first one they're coming from uh, the uh, Panda Hip Hop Show. A uh, Panda there on Twitter saying, "Khutman uh, Waiti, we're going to struggle because of this lockdown, especially us street hawkers. But Ukalak uh, sees. I urge people, especially from Gasi, to plant." things that grow fast like spinach so that they have something 21 days uh, could be a long period of time let's take one of our callers here on the line Tami is uh, speaking to us all the way from a Tami, good evening to you and welcome good evening how are you good? i'm well thanks uh, i'm okay uh, i feel confused and uh, helpless uh, please my brother please here. share please share what is confusing you and what is making you feel very helpless we certainly is color now uh, we're in the yeah. same box as you my brother yeah, I have a boss here uh, who's got a, who's a contractor, a subcontractor at the University of U- UK. Yes. So the thing is, on Friday, he, he spoke to us and told us that we're going to stop working tomorrow on Tuesday because the vaccine doesn't want anybody is going to shut down. Mm. Then what, what, what he said to us, he said, and I, from, from tomorrow, it's, a la- it's our last day. Since it's our last day, it's gonna be a no work, no pay kind of uh, of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we speak, uh, we, we are struggling. We are uh, we one of those people who, who gets paid uh, who are under this uh, low income uh, thing. Then that was uh, said by uh, Ramaphosa, our president. Uh, so we we. we we get a weekly salary, which is, uh, if I can be given an exact amount, is uh, 800 per week. Now, as we speak, uh, tomorrow is going to be our last day now. We don't know what we're going to do. I, I don't know how, where, where to go. Maybe if you can maybe offer me some kind of advice. If what he's saying is right, because uh, I'm not sure if the president said that they, must, they have to pay us. But then our boss said, no, it's going to be a, 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 no, a mm. no work, no pay kind of thing. Okay. All right. Tell you what, uh, Tami, hold the line there for me for a second. Uh, we're going to take okay. a quick break now. And uh, when we come back, I'll get uh, my two guests to try and respond to that and uh, maybe try and uh, engage uh, the issue that you have there. So hold the line there for me for a second. You tuned in if you oh. just joined us now uh, to a Metro FM talk here on the Mighty Metro. going to take a brief break. And when we come back, we continue with my two guests, Ongamam Timka and Russell Rensberg. And we try and make sense of uh, the lockdown that's happening in the next few hours. This is Metro FM Talk with Ayabonga Tawe.
It's seven minutes now before 9 p.m. And uh, we continue to take some of your calls. And uh, let me uh, fit in one call here before we uh, try and get a response there to Tommy's question. Uh, Tommy's saying there that he works for a subcontractor. And it seems that uh, from uh, Wednesday, uh, prior to that shutdown, that uh, he might be on a no work, no pay uh, regimen and uh, the big question is uh, where can he go to to get the kind of support that he needs there and uh, we'll get a response from my two guests and uh, certainly I'll try and weigh in as well uh, from what I've heard from the president there but uh, let's take Brandon who joins us now on the line Brandon good evening and welcome Hi, how are you man I'm well thanks bro how's it fine thanks bro me I just want to find out man a clarity about what happens to uh, truck drivers in do they still work or what well, I mean, from, from what I'm understanding, uh, the president said all of the things that transport critical supplies like goods and services, which I assume truck drivers do, can continue yes. to be on the road because we still need the, the retailers to have food in the, in the stores. We still need all yeah, of the yeah, yeah. medicines to be delivered. So, so I would think that truck drivers, of course, would be able to continue. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it will be only, oh, okay, no, yes, I understand. Yes, yes. Okay. I just want to clear that. Okay, man, have a nice right. Thanks, Thank man. Take care. Okay. Yeah. Sharp, sharp. Uh, to my two guests, Ongama and Russell, uh, you would have heard uh, the uh, issues that Nati was raising there from Eteguini, saying he's in the construction sector, a sector that's already taking a battering uh, even without COVID-19. And it seems now that um, uh, he might be uh, subject to no work, no pay over the next few days or so with <coughs> a massive impact on the ability to uh, put food on the table. Yeah, he's going to wait for the social mobilization fund. No, no, man. Solidarity. Look, sadly, you know, I think here, here lies the irony of the president's announcement today. So we're knocking down, you mm. know, and keeping people off the street and we're only allowed to go to, to, to access healthcare and, yes. and, and go and buy food. How are the small businesses that need support going to be able to access support? Mm. Mm. Not everybody mm. can apply online. Yeah. Not everybody can get the kind of immediate response that's required to to meet those short-term cash flow needs. And, yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very sad situation when we make these big announcements, but without clear implementation plans in terms of how we're going to support the sectors that we think are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the president and his advisors need to reflect on this. You know, I think I really feel that we should have thought this thing a little bit through before mm-hmm. making the, the necessary lockdown. But we need to clear the details on this. And I think, uh, the, like I said earlier, I think, the response both socially and economically is completely mm. inadequate. Yeah. Ongama? Yeah, you see, with this, uh, I, uh, the big challenge is that almost all the time in a crisis situation, you act ahead of legislation and, and policies and systems that are supposed to be supportive. So uh, one of the things, for example, one would say is that there has to be a very direct link between the national office with the provinces and, and, and businesses placed elsewhere outside uh, of the system now. But when you do that, you are creating a, a burden uh, of building systems and, 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 and operations very fast uh, mm. for, for, for Gloria Sorome and her team. But if you rely on the distribution mechanism that's already there by government, such as CIFA um, and CEDA and the other agencies, you are you're going to have a problem of rigid regulations and and policies which people may need to be uh, oriented out of so that they can be responsive to a crisis. Mm. So, indeed, 
a, a big challenge here is going to be distribution and access uh, rather than the creation of the facility. More, sorry, over and above the creation of a, a facility uh, itself. So there will be distribution inefficiencies. Mm. So mm. there needs to be a lot of uh, uh, a focus on making sure that uh, those funds are accessible to business people uh, seamlessly and very, very fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess just just before I let you go, Ngama, and uh, we'll also get uh, a closing remarks there from uh, Russell as well. But before you go, um, Dagatlati, I mean, I, I'm quite interested to hear from you. I mean, uh, do you get a sense that even the, the issue of the banks, which was a massive issue for many of the middle classes, created active uh, consumers in the economy, we've already touched on the massive gaps in social protection that uh, you know this set of intervention also exposes people in the informal trade, people who are unemployed between ages of 18 and 59. But uh, is it enough to just say to the banks, look, you know what, go convene, go into your own huddle and then decide what kind of relief this is going to look like? Or should we have had maybe a bit more of a bigger drive on the part of the Reserve Bank to say, we're going to use the instruments at our disposal that give you the space that would uh, maybe allow for these payment and contribution holidays that many have been calling for? Yeah, there could have been greater clarity there, uh, Aya. Uh, both on the issue of the Reserve Bank as well as the businesses that have been given space to operate. But with the Reserve Bank, for example, um, indeed the thing about the anti-collusion collusion mm. is an important factor which banks have raised that say we pre- they preclude them from having a coordinated response among the banks. Uh, but with the removal of that, what it does now is it enables them to at least share notes in terms of what best practices mm. are being done by other banks. Because I've already seen, for example, on social media, where you find that people are comparing standard bank versus modern yes, uh, yes. banks' responses. So it's an important value, but it, should, it could have been more direct. Exactly. Yeah. And you hope that there could be more support. How it's done now is quite uh, counterproductive, if you ask me. Russell Rensberg, you've got the last word, man. Uh, where to from here? What does this look like for... Uh, many of uh, the healthcare facilities dotted across the length and breadth of this country. Um, I'm at a loss for words, you know. I, I like having the last word, but I really think that there really is very little that. I don't think we have any clarity in terms of how we move forward. I feel that we need to have some conversations around the transparency of decisions in the National Command Council. I think we need to be transparent and include more voices so that we don't have echo changes sitting mm. inside. That chamber will all follow a particular line. And I think we need to bring communities and community representation into the discussion. Yeah. At the moment, I think our, our main priority as the social sector is to maybe start mobilizing around a number of key priorities mm. and then actively organize and mobilize commu- um, whatever stakeholders we need to ensure that those social protection measures actually are responsive sure, to the needs sure. of vulnerable people. Gentlemen, I'm concerned. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> that being said, I think this is going to be, be the first of many conversations. Yeah, I certainly hope so, man. I certainly hope so. I certainly thank, hope we're going to be on air uh, beyond Thursday, but uh, let's leave that to the powers <laughs> that be. That's much above <laughs> my pay grade. But Ngamam um, Timka and Russell Rensberg, thank you very much for your time. They are from the Nelson Mandela University and the Rural Health Advocacy Project, respectively. And uh, thank you uh, to the pair of them for their time. And that's where we're going to have to leave it. The man with the music is here, maybe to soothe uh, a lot of... Uh, the uncertainty and anxiety that many of you might feel. But the conversation continues. And uh, let me leave you with this tweet from uh, a mate of mine, Barry Maurice. He's uh, come through here before, one of our guests, and saying, are you sure we're not living in a movie right now? If so, 
nankalubai extra you have yourself a great evening take strength ma africa kuba galona ngoku sisaibanga le economy